0: And welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Olaf Fogelman. My guest this week is Annie McCluskey. Now, Annie is the lead singer of the synth-pop group OMD, or Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark. They're pioneers in the electronic music scene, and they just released their latest studio album called Bat House Staircase, getting read reviews. Why shouldn't it? It's fantastic. And their album debuted at number two on the UK charts, their highest charting album of all time. It debuted ahead of Durant Durant's latest album, The Rolling Stones' latest album, we discussed some of the songs, and it's an amazing follow-up to their 2017 album, The Punishment of Luxury. OMD is not a nostalgic act. They're putting out some of their best music, if not their best music in their 45 year history. Of course, we talk about If You Leave and his relationship with the song these days. And he tells me when he knew the song was a hit. We talk about some of the deeper cuts and also the misconceptions of Enola Gay, comparing making videos now to the 80s. Andy was such a sweet guy. wish you had some more time with him. I hope you enjoy my conversation with him. Hey, Noel, how are you doing? Andy, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm
1: good, too. Uh, Welcome uh, from my hotel room in southwest Germany.
0: Oh, nice. I am in uh, Connecticut right now in the States
1: yeah have all the leaves blown off the trees yet or are they still golden and orange
0: oh no they're they're all gone now they're long gone now yeah yeah there's a big pile you know on my uh lawn waiting to be picked up
1: (laughs) something to look forward to
0: always yeah but uh congratulations on the album you know it's fantastic
1: thank you very much that's nice to hear thank you so much
0: yeah, I mean it's um. What did it reach number two on the UK charts?
1: Yeah, two in the UK and uh, seven in Germany. So um, yeah, it's it, you know they're two big markets for us, and it was. Uh, I mean, we were never going to beat the steamroller that is uh, Taylor Swift. Oh so. yeah,
0: <laughs> definitely not. But hey, you beat the Rolling Stones. So that's really good. And
1: Duran you're Duran. You're so we're very yeah,
0: a- absolutely. Were you guys a little nervous because? Punishment Luxury, I think, was your best album uh, up to this point. It, it's such an amazing album. Even
1: more than the ones in the early 80s. Yes. Yes. Wow. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I love the 80s stuff. Don't get me wrong. In the 90s stuff, too, is, is fantastic. But you guys, like, were you guys nervous kind of releasing this album that it was kind of hard to follow up with uh, Punishment Luxury?
1: Paul was very reticent throughout the period of the making of the album. Um... Uh, we both recognize that punishment to luxury was very well received, and and it was it was one of the best things we've ever done. We're confident in that. um, and I think that because being in orchestral mans in the dark now is a very cool place to be. people say nice things about us, right. <laughs> um, you know, what we didn't want to do was you know have have a great album, Punishment to Luxury and then ruin our legacy by making a dog on our 45th anniversary, you <laughs> right. know? So, um, yeah. But I think because we, we had enough time and we trust ourselves with time to be ruthlessly efficient self-editors and songwriters, um, once we started to gather the collection of songs together, I think we felt that we had a good album and it was going to be, you know, you never know how other people are going to, respond but if you have taken the time and you feel that you've taken out your best ideas and you've sculpted them the best you can into something that is mirroring back your feelings and talking to you as strongly as you want it to then you figure well if i've taken it out of me and it's talking back to me strongly maybe it will talk to other people and and that's what this album seems to be doing which is very reassuring yeah you're always nervous i mean I've equated it to, you know, if you really truly put your heart and your soul and your passion into it, it's like standing in the front window of Macy's and taking your
0: clothes off and saying, Hey, what do you think? And people right. go, Nah, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it is approaching holiday season, so there'd be a lot of people <laughs> in the, eyes in the window. Yeah. Now, was this kind of like this album kind of born out of the pandemic?
1: Yeah, essentially. Um, I, you know, Paul and I had got had gone into our sixties, um, and we were considering that there might be more to life than grinding out more new music. It gets harder the older you get, you know. You mm. you, you keep going. Oh, well, I haven't got any ideas. I've done that idea. I've done this idea. I've done that idea, and you know, it takes longer for the well of inspiration to fill back up when you've emptied it fourteen times. You know, right? Um, so I think, yeah, that that. We, I had things in my computer, which were, I made the analogy, like an artist who has canvases in the corner that you never finished. And you think, well, I'm not throwing yeah. it out because there's something there, but it's not right. quite right yet. So when there was absolutely fuck all else to do during pandemic, you couldn't right. even go and see your parents, you know, um, it was just like, well, there's nothing else to do. I'm going to fire up the computer in the programming room and go digging into my Bits and pieces, uh, begging Paul to send me more. Which he, he he sent me two pieces, which became two new tracks on the album, which are great. And um, you know they they say you know creativity is five percent inspiration and ninety five percent perspiration. Right. I had things in the computer which had had the five percent inspiration. I was just too fucking lazy to do the ninety five <laughs> hard
0: work. You know, right. <laughs> there was nothing else to do. So yeah. COVID
1: COVID gave me the reason to do it.
0: No, I mean, there's never a good time for a pandemic. But, I yeah. mean, now with the technology about, you know, sending files to Paul, talking how we are right now on, on Zoom, I mean, if this was, say, 15, 20 years ago, you guys wouldn't be able to do this stuff.
1: No, exactly. And, well, actually, you know, when we got back together we we promised ourselves that we would endeavor to write the way we always had done which is to to sit in a room and spark off each other you know you got an idea you play. oh yeah how about we do oh, yeah, how about we and 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 to the point where sometimes we don't even know who wrote what we're just bouncing backwards and forwards and when you get that buzz it's great mm-hmm. and obviously we couldn't do that but fortunately just before the pandemic i had completely upgraded my computer system so that it was an exact twin of Paul's Pro Tools system. Okay. So that I could send entire files, raw files, not bounced down to audio, with all of the plugins just left <laughs> on the channels. Just send him the whole thing. Um, the problem is both of us live out in the boonies, so the the internet takes forever to die. Right. files. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, but um, yeah, so that that was how we how we worked. The, the most important thing was because I am the kind of control freak type A person that primarily they sat in my computer because especially as also as the lyricist, right. I need them to be able to work on. And 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 if Paul had them, there'd be tumbleweeds. around he just wouldn't <laughs> work. I mean, listen, we've joked about this, you know. I mean, I sat in my room and and, and programmed up what we had to make an album. Um uh, meanwhile paul managed to buy himself a villa in the south of france and have a baby which one of us was the more stupid and crazy i don't know <laughs> i don't know yeah exactly
0: <laughs> it's even you know <laughs> has like your process change i know you said like you guys were in the room you know how it used to be but did the lyrics come out first did the music how would like creation of an omd song go, go about
1: it's always been the same um in terms of the actual timeline of creativity, the music will always come first because it's most important to us to create something which is exciting musically. If you write the lyrics and the top line first, it's like you've got a piece of poetry and then you've got to kind of find a way to support it with some kind of music which comprom- well, I think compromises the music. However, I do I do collect ideas. I was collecting under, So I mean, I wanted to write a song called Kleptocracy for years. I wanted to write Anthropocene, Evolution of Species. So I've always got a notebook where I'm. I i do not write the words down. I'm just yeah. kind of research. I mean, I, I'm like a nerd. I research. You know, I'm right. like yeah. writing a thesis. I'm, yeah. I'm just writing down information and lines and things. It's only when I get the music that I go, Ah, that might fit on this. Now go see if you can join them together. You know.
0: Yeah, and I'm so glad you you mentioned like some of the songs because like Kleptocracy you know is one of the standouts on the album so it's kind of like the background of that song
1: Um and so the Kremlin and the KGB under Golden Bed Disinfected mm. got the gossip on the GOP and the candidate they selected. Now, what could that be about?
0: I wonder. I wonder, <laughs> yeah, I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, you know, with
1: dirty slogans on the red bus door, the narcissist stole the exit. Anybody in England knows who that's about. Interestingly enough, the only the only name that's actually used of a person is actually a victim, Khashoggi, who went right. into an embassy and came out again next week in bags. Yeah. Uh, and everybody wrung their hands and went, oh, shocking, terrible. Oh, Saudi Arabia, awful. What a pariah state. And then they waited for the dust to settle. And they... Anyway, how many jet fighters would you like to buy office this year? <laughs> yeah,
0: right. It's so true. It's Yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah, I-, I was really fucking angry and c- COVID didn't help me. Um, right. <laughs> I believe in democracy. I think it's the best policy we have to kind of find a way to get an agreement out of all the different opinions we have and that we should respect it. Um, however, it just feels like, I mean, you know, for those who don't know, kleptocracy means rule by thieves. And I feel that our democracies have been stolen by lying narcissist snake oil salespeople um mentioning no names right and um and and it made me really fucking angry so mm-hmm. i wanted to write a song about it yeah. exercise my anger
0: right yeah some people in our country still think the last election was stolen
1: and and some people who think that guy had the election stolen may be voting for him again if they don't get if he don't get banged up in jail
0: yeah and even so you know he might rule oh. from jail when knows? but uh another like stand out is slow train And I know, um, yeah, which I really like. And I know some of the fans are kind of divided on Mm -hmm. on that song. It was going to be divisive.
1: I make no bones about it. You know, I got myself some new synthesizers in my new Pro Tools and the big fat analog sounds, and I just went, "Ooh, Goldfrapp, Black Cherry album." <laughs> do, 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 do. I was, I was channeling my inner Alison and Will, and uh, you no, know, nobody works in a vacuum. I don't care. Right. People can slag it off all they want. It's a fucking yeah. great song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, who's the the female vocalist on the song?
1: OK, um, I um, had a studio in Liverpool, which i would had for many years, called the Motor Museum, and I, I rented it out to somebody and I went in there to collect my mail. And there was a young um, Latvian girl in there who was there asking how much studio rates were because she wanted to cut some demo vocals. And <clears throat> all she wanted to do was actually sing over like backing tracks. And they couldn't give her a cheaper rate than like several hundred pounds a day. Um, and I just got talking to her over a cup of tea, and she was cute. And I said, hey, I've got a studio, Do you want to go over?" it? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Katrina came over to my programming room, and we cut her vocals. And um, then she was just saying, Oh, you know, you're doing new material, can I hear it? So I played her slow train, and she just went. I've got an idea. Can I sing it to you? And you kind of go, Oh, oh God, shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll erase it after you've gone, you know. Um and she just went
2: la 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 la
1: la 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 la. I went, seriously? Do that again. I'm having two of those. And, and <laughs> she 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 did it twice, and that was it. She she gave me the hook. I, I had a kind of scat vocal on it. I had the vocal melody, but I mm. hadn't done the words. And I just again, I wasn't kind of finding the energy to actually Mm -hmm. just finish the bloody song right then she gave me that hook I went okay I've got no excuse now I've now got a hook I've got to I've got to make these words into something right and um yeah it's we I'm actually pleasantly surprised that only about 10% of our fans hate it I thought it was going to be more 50 50 right Uh, but I'm glad you like it I I love it and I think the video is great fun as well
0: yeah absolutely Now, I know, like, back in the 80s, some of your videos were, I mean, I'll be honest, not great. But, you know, the ones now are are really enjoyable. Um, Did you guys enjoy making the videos back then?
1: Hell no. Um, we, We started out before MTV. Right. So the record company's attitude was, we're only going to make a video if the song looks like it's going to be a top 20 hit. Uh, and so several of our songs ended up actually having really quick videos made because the song was a hit and we didn't have time to. I mean, in Enola right. Gay, our biggest song, sold 5 million copies. Yeah. The video was made in an hour against green screen in, right. the IT, in the ITN news studios in London. They just went, we'll film you again this and we we'll put some clouds in, that'll do. Yeah. You know, it's a shit video. Um, right. And, and as, as were most of our videos in the 80s. Um, but now, yeah, we we are so fortunate. We have tapped into this amazing <laughs> company of video makers, um, and actually, and, and actually um, uh, game game visualizers as well, called Cine Ten Eighty, who work out of Hull in North Yorkshire in England. And we we were so lucky. We got, they pitched the Bauhaus Staircase on on a on a. Um, Uh, just an open shop video platform instead of sending a treatment with mood boards and a storyline they spent the whole weekend three of them crunching to make the first 30 seconds of the Bauhaus staircase video we got that we went don't need a storyboard we can see (laughs) the video you've got the gear and then they opened up their shop to us because in COVID they didn't they weren't getting business so they had all of these things they had lying around in bits and pieces. Yeah. They, sh- they showed me the astronaut and the and the android girl, and I went, oh, my God, we weren't even going to release slow train, but that would look so good on slow train. Right. Next morning, I wake up at 7 <laughs> in the morning. Andy from Tinny 1080 at 3 o'clock in the morning sent me a wee transfer file. Hey, I did this. What do you think? He cut the fucking thing up, rough cut. Wow. I, was, I was just like, sold. Yeah. Wow, what else have you got? Yeah. So, I mean, but, I mean, the only thing is, of course, that you know, this is an independent album. It's not going to sell massive. You know, we're not going to have right. the hits we use. So, this is our album, and already, because I was like a kid in a candy store with these guys, the video budget is now three hundred and fifty percent higher than it was intended to be. Right, <laughs> we'll be having to take money from the tour budget to yeah. pay for. It. But it, it's been, it's been stunning. I mean, the work they've created for us is just
0: so strong
1: i mean all all four i don't know if you've seen all four videos but yeah they're, they're great they're all in their different ways amazing
0: yeah they're all on youtube so check them out they're they're, they're fantastic especially about staircase um we'll go back a little bit to the 80s um the crush album which kind of you know i guess had your first uh us hit with so in love mm-hmm. um I love that song. I just want to talk about another song on there. Probably one of your, your most interesting titles, The Native Daughters of the Golden West. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which I absolutely love that song. What's the kind of background of that one?
1: Well, it's, I mean, it's just me being a geek. Um, we had just signed to A&M Records, and hallelujah that we did, because we'd been signed um, to Epic in, in America, and they didn't give a damn about us. You know, They had Michael Jackson and all these other right. Virgin didn't have a label in America. So we were just... Us and XTC in Japan were just giving us a three-bag lump. Here you go, have that. And they, did, they didn't want us. They didn't <laughs> know what to do with us. So all the big hits we had in Europe in the early 80s Nothing in America. We were lucky if we got played on college or alternative radio. Right. There was just no market for it. So I went for my first meeting at A Records with the head of A and R, who turned out to become my manager a few years later, and is still managing. He just happens to manage a little girl called Katy Perry these days. Okay,
0: I've heard her. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Um, he said, "Oh, listen, I'm really, really sorry. We had a problem come up." Um, he said, "Listen, I know you're really interested in history. Would you just go down La Brea to the tar pits?" Check out the museum and come back in two hours and I can have the meeting. So I went to the La Brea Tar Tarpits <laughs> and I walked past this sign saying, This park is dedicated to the memory of the native daughters of the Golden West. And I went, I am having that as a song. I don't, right. don't know who they are.
2: <laughs> yeah. Don't know who
1: they are. But I am having that all day long. Um, and I just got, yeah, just got inspired to kind of come up with this kind of crazy kind of mixture of you know, Indian squaws and settler ladies and pioneers and all kinds of, you know, all kinds of white English boy vision from the other side of the Atlantic of, right. of who the native daughters of the Golden West could actually be.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if you guys didn't, you know, pick OMD, that could have been a great uh, band name as well. Well, yeah, actually it could be. And and
1: and because and, and our style was changing by then and we were yeah. getting a little bit more acoustic. And so actually we channeled, and you, as soon as you get this, you'll get it. When writing that song... We were channeling Kashmir by Led Zeppelin. Okay.
0: (laughs) That makes sense to you? Yeah, it does. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Paul sings, like, lead on a bunch of songs. Souvenir, Electricity, Forever Live and Die. How do you guys decide on who's going to sing?
1: We both sing lead on Electricity. Um, Basically, if Paul writes a complete song on his own um, and is in the studio actually working on it long enough to write the lyrics instead of going home Mm because paul unlike me has a life outside of the band right (laughs) (laughs) um then there's a song by paul there isn't one on this album uh, because he was he was too busy changing diapers
0: (laughs) right yeah i mentioned forever live and die which is probably top three for me uh Mm song-wise so i'm assuming that he wrote that one
1: The majority of his songs are usually written for his significant other. Hmm. Okay. And also, actually, I mean, also, but also, you've actually heard Paul's wife on um, several songs as well, his ex American wife, because she sings um, the No, No, No and the Tesla Girls and the Secret. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, Maureen, his ex, is on those songs.
0: So, was that something like he went to her for, or did she kind of like volunteer for it how, how did that come about no no i mean they
1: were they, they those songs were written when they were married so um he just um he just roped her into uh to, <laughs> to sing it singing a little hook for him that he used in the songs right. which which both sound great
0: yeah no they do it's it's really good now obviously in the states you're known for um if you leave i'm not going to talk about the background because it's been mentioned a million times but what's your relationship with the song now
2: don't take me.
1: Love it. Um, It's been very, very good to us. And so we we treat it as a blessing. Um, You know, the the sad thing for us is that it's growing because after we had a a Best Of album out in the States, you know, it sold a lot and people began to get acquainted with our back catalogue. And people now know Enola Gay and Souvenir and Electricity. (laughs) But it took a long time for America to catch up. But to a lot of America... We're a one-hit wonder. That's the only one they know, Um, which is frustrating. But, you know, um, I never understand when bands complain about having a big hit and playing it live, and they go, oh, I'm so bored of that song. We're going to do an acoustic version of it, or we're going to do a medley with some of the other hits we're bored of. Right. Fuck no. Don't mess with people's (laughs) memories. If that song has been good to you, respect it and respect that people want to hear it the way they remember it
0: yeah absolutely i mean also like, when you go on tour you want to have like a good balance of the old hits and the new ones especially cuz your albums your new newer albums are fantastic no one's going to go get a beer or go to the bathroom during the new songs now which which is good
1: yeah we we the, the new songs do seem to pass that acid test which is you know you play a new song and the audience don't go to the bathroom so you think okay that must fit. we'll keep that in the set
0: The movie, you know, Oppenheimer came out during the summer and we all know what the, you know, the topic is. So Mm -hmm. kind of Enola Gate was kind of, you know, brought back and kind of the spotlight a little bit. How often was that song misinterpreted?
1: Well, it was hugely misinterpreted when it first came out by by Saturday Morning Kids TV because um, they assumed that the use of the word gay was promoting homosexuality and they banned us off there and then we got banned off the radio for two days until we went, no, hang on, wait a minute, (laughs) history lesson. It's the name of the aeroplane that dropped the bomb on Hiroshima and Enola Gay Tibbetts was the pilot's mother's name. Oh, okay, yeah, well, we made an incorrect assumption. Yes, you did. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah, it's uh but you know that
2: that
1: was that was a contentious song at the time of release. People used to say, you know, how come you've written such a cheerful song about such a grim event? And and I said, well I said I said, I just can't help writing a melody. That that's just it just <coughs> came out that way. But you know what? If if you wanna if you want to discuss the morality of dropping atom bombs, you know, if you want people to take the medicine, put some sugar on it. Yeah. Um, but then they'll listen to it and they might they might actually join the discussion. Um yeah, my, my my only major defense used to be listen, writing a happy sounding song about dropping atom bombs is not nearly as bizarre as dropping the bomb in a in a plane named after your lovely mother.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> so- <laughs> it's true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after you guys kind of split in the late eighties, you released a few albums in the nineties, which really good as, as well, um, Sugar Tax was great, and then you wrote the song with the Something I Said. So I'm assuming that's between you and Paul, that song, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was our divorce song.
2: Uh, you know, it, it, it,
1: Paul and I have known each other since we were seven when he came to my school. Um, we have been writing songs together since mid-teens. You know, when we wrote Electricity, I was sixteen; he was fifteen. <clears throat> we played our first gig as OMD when I was nineteen; he was eighteen. Um, We've been on a long journey, you know, and our entire adult life was in OMD. And then he and the other two guys, Malcolm and Martin, you know the band split up, and I was left on my own and um, yeah, it hurt, so I was expressing my pain, you know i I wasn't being I wasn't being nasty or accusatory, mm. I'm just expressing my
0: pain, really, you know, did he ever respond to that song, do you um
1: no, he still hasn't written "You're a big mouth bastard" back in response to it, so <laughs> maybe,
0: maybe it wasn't something I said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> write that title down it could be you know the follow-up <laughs> album <laughs> yeah now do you um do you remember where you were the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio
1: exactly absolutely um we had a mutual friend who had a recording a little homemade recording studio in his garage called paul collister he became our manager as 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 people do because he had the tape recorder right and a, <laughs> and a, and, and, and a, and a small van to drive us around in so he by default he became the manager um <laughs> We had recorded electricity and sent it off to our local station, Radio Merseyside in Liverpool, to try and get onto a Battle of the Bands competition they were having, which we didn't succeed in <clears> getting into the final. So we, we'd we been working in the studio in the garage and we decided we were going to go to the pub before we went home. So we got, we got in the, the van and we just assumed there was a cassette of electricity in the car stereo. And then we were driving halfway to the pub, this voice comes on, Phil Easton, going... Well, that was one of the bands that didn't make it to the final, but that was an interesting name, Orchestral Manoeuvres. And we we were just like, we're on the we're on the radio, we're on the radio. We didn't even realize we were on the radio right. until the until the DJ came on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, what about like one of the most interesting places?
1: Um, I mean, you, you know, going back to if you leave, uh, I can remember driving around Los Angeles. And if you leave, it would come on the radio on one of the radio stations. And I go, Oh, you know, fake yawn. Oh, dear, boring. So <laughs> hit another radio station. Oh, it's if you leave again. Hit another. It was on like four radio stations right. simultaneously. And that you kind of go, I'm, I'm driving around LA and I'm on all the radio stations at the same time. I think we have a hit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great. Now, when are you guys coming over uh, to the States to tour?
1: Uh, in the fall we just haven't announced it yet okay. we're still trying to finalize it but yeah we've had a lot of people from the states going how oh, come you play in uk and europe but you're not coming outside yeah. we have the last two summers we've played a lot of festivals in in europe right we want a summer off so we're going to mm-hmm. have the summer off and then we're going to get to you guys i think in september all right cool
0: i we, promise yes. I, okay can't wait um bowster case is out now congratulations on the success it is fantastic Everyone, check it out and um, can't wait to see you guys next uh, next year.
1: Well, thank you for a great interview and we'll see you next year. Thanks, Noel.
0: And a special thanks to Andy for joining me today. Go check out Bathhouse Staircase, it's great. And if you don't know their music beyond the 80s, go check out the catalog it's streaming, it is amazing. BathhouseStaircase.com. If you want to follow them on X, formerly Twitter, it's official OMD. And if you have a guest suggestion, you can hit me up on X, formerly Twitter, at first 19 Select nine. like the page Really My Youth on Facebook, you can go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes. And if you find one you like, please rate and review the show. If you don't have iTunes, not a problem. Just on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, wherever you can find a podcast. a new episode comes out soon, stay safe, everybody. We'll see you then.